Welcome back into the Yahoo Fantasy Hoops podcast. I am Andy Behrens, uh, for your weekly edition of Little Hoops Talk. I am joined, of course, by Dalton Del Don. Uh, the trade deadline in fantasy was this past week, and Dalton did not get moved. It was a strong possibility trying to get off that contract, but it didn't happen. We had some productive discussions, but Dalton is still with us. Dalton, what's up? How are you doing? Doing all right, Andy. I'm sure... Uh... We'll get to some Warriors talk later, but yeah, I, I w- saw them play in person. Wasn't the greatest first game of the year, but uh, still exciting to talk some some hoops. First week of action, it's been some fun stuff. Oh, don't don't worry, I have uh, I have the Warriors on the agenda. A lot, of, a lot of good Warriors content out there this week, actually. Maybe not so much good Warriors basketball out there over the past week or so, but some really good content in various places on the internet. Oh, I've been probably just ignoring it with my head in the sand, just not trying to try to avoid all, all the doomsday talk out there. How's how's the new arena? You like it? Like when somebody has your kind of money to spend, I imagine it's a pretty good fan experience. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know how expensive those tickets are going to remain throughout this season if the product on the court is going to be like that. But the place is super nice. And you can even walk, you know, to downtown San Francisco to to a restaurant or whatever. It was uh, the weather was great. And there's a report coming out. They're going to make just so much. The place is going to bleed money, you know, more than the Knicks and Lakers. So I guess that's good for the owners. But man, right now, that was a rough product out there. But uh, otherwise, the, the, the yeah, the new arena was awesome. We're going to stick to mostly basketball here. But I just want to mention, since you and I are both, we're like we're like three sport fantasy analysts. I assume you're watching the World Series. I'm, 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 I assume you caught game six. Yeah, it was really good stuff. Good stuff. Obviously, Anthony Rendon is ridiculous. Like, I just ask you, is the base runner interference at first base situation, is that the worst rule in all of professional or amateur sports? Are you aware of, of a rule that is more difficult to officiate and is uh, is more unsatisfactory when it is properly called? Yeah, that, that was extremely annoying. I don't, I'm not rooting for either team. Shocking, I don't even have any money involved in this. But uh, I... You know, that Houston just won it. Uh, I like Max Scherzer in Strasburg. I was definitely rooting for to see a game seven in Scherzer. I mean, of course. So uh, that was just a ridiculous call. And then I was giving the kids their bath and I, and I heard the, the review and they said, oh, no, they didn't overturn it. My wife said I didn't later realize because they were just reviewing. Was he safe or not? Right. They could not review the arbitrariness of, of the interference. Am I right or wrong? <laughs> yeah, it's not actually a reviewable call. Um, there's there's all sorts of things that are just crazy about it. Like I know NBA fans think that there are a lot of sort of vague rules, rules that <laughs> maybe change in their interpretation from year to year. There's a lot of questionable stuff that gets called in the NBA, but I would submit to you that there's nothing as weird as the actual rule that is on the books right now in Major League Baseball that specifies that a base runner cannot take the most direct path to first base, which is like like. Like it was probably a properly enforced call. Um, initially, I thought that that Turner actually beat the throw by a fair amount, but he did not. Um, I think he and the ball arrived at the same time. It was probably probably properly called. It's just yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's just bizarre that the base is where it is. Yeah. That there's no softball <laughs> right, solution right, where right. there's a base yeah. that you can step yeah. on. Like it's crazy. It is a it is a very bad role. Kate Upton had a strong take on, on Twitter, and uh, I'm excited for Game 7. And it's just a dumb rule. You're, yeah, that's one of the silliest rules, because literally, what's the what's the base runner supposed to do? Hey, it, ball don't lie, as they say, when he went deep right away afterward, uh, Rendon, and uh, good times, Game 7. I'm, I'm, I'm looking yeah. really forward to it. 
Also, shout out to John Smoltz, who, imme- who immediately transitioned to how difficult other sports are to officiate and how bad pass interference is in the NFL. I appreciate right. that. He was, trying to, he was just trying to throw like, everything yeah. that he could yeah. at the wall to protect baseball. Sure. It was good. Yeah. Like he was doing, I guess he was doing his job. Yeah. That's, that's quite enough baseball. That's quite enough football. We're going to dive into basketball because we have a week of stats, a week plus of, uh, of stats in the books. We have some important things that are happening in the association. I got to start our starting five. Trey Young with a player that I am attached to in multiple leagues. So he gets injured in what was shaping up to be a super fun game against the Heat. Uh, I was watching it simultaneously with the World Series on uh, on Tuesday night. Rolls his right ankle. I got to say, in real time, I didn't think it looked that bad. I thought that was a pretty standard, you know, Saturday morning open gym ankle roll. <laughs> I just didn't think it was that bad. But then his reaction was clearly a lot of pain. It seems like the morning after, the news isn't terrible. X-rays were obviously negative. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't some super serious ankle roll. X-rays negative. They're not even going to take an MRI. He's apparently feeling better today, which is good, but he was moving really gingerly last night. It seems like he's going to be gone for a week, maybe two. There's two questions here. One is, what does Atlanta do? And then assuming that there's no immediate replacement for the Hawks, this is how I feel, there's no immediate replacement for the Hawks that's some super hot fantasy ad. What are the best replacement options for fantasy managers? Man, I was the guy reaching for Trey Young at the end of the first round in my home league, a big money league as well. So I was I did, I was not watching when this happened. But yeah, from the reaction and him getting carried off or whatever, I was expecting the worst news. But sounds like it's, it is very good news and it's not going to, yeah, you know, sometimes he's, he just got super scared and whatever, the swelling was not there the next day. And uh, yeah, Atlanta, I don't know, maybe we're going to see Kevin Herter. He's dealing with some knee injury himself, but I'm with you there. There's no great replacement on on their roster for fantasy owners. We'll turn to the end of the hot pickups for Josh Hart out there, Kendrick Nunn, and uh, and Isaiah Thomas even, and then some. So those would be probably the guards that kind of jumped out there, but uh, they might be gone in, in the super competitive leagues by now. The players you just mentioned, I find I find the most interesting to be Kendrick Nunn. So give me a couple thoughts on him. Like my, my general take with Trey Young, you know, I, I think I, I think I own Trey Young in like about three quarters of the leagues that I'm in. And it's not, that came down to valuing him just a little bit more than some of the bigs that are available in the second round. Right. And then some of the, some of the load management guys. So I have a lot of him. So it's good if he's only out a week, I guess the issue here is you can't, you can't just, you can't just replace that guy. You can't just replace that, that incredible combination of statistics with any one player from the waiver wire, from the free agent pool, right? Like you pretty much have to focus in on whatever the one or two categories are that you need, you need the greatest help in, right? And try to address those. That's always how I feel when superstars go down. So that might be points, that might be threes, that might be assists. And there's probably a different name out there for each one. I'm, I'm particularly interested though, again, in, in your thoughts on Kendrick Nunn, who's just been kind of out of nowhere for me, really, really good this year. Yeah, there are some stars out there that kind of have backups that are clearly will benefit, like the Josh Hart situation with Drew Holiday, for instance. But yeah, None came out of yeah. nowhere. He was none was not on my radar uh, to be sure, and he he stayed in the starting lineup. You know, after Jimmy Butler c- came back, so that's a, he, he's an interesting player. It's hard to argue with how he's looked so far. So I'm scooping him up in in any league and seeing where it goes from here because he certainly looks like the, the real deal right now. I mean, maybe he's playing obviously a bit over his head, but man, he's he's been one of the most impressive. Whoa, where'd that come from? Performers so far this year, great summer league too. Yeah. So like really buzzy off season. His lowest point total so far is uh, is 17. He's been a really good source. He's got like 11 threes on the season so far, shooting a pretty decent percentage. So 
and uh, you know, given his background, Brad Evans, super excited about him. He's talking to me about him all the time. Basically, every weekend for uh, we're in Sunnyvale for FFL. I'm hearing more about Kendrick Nunn from Brad. <laughs> I need that to stop. So it wouldn't bother me if he cooled off just a little bit. Yeah, no, I knew he had the big summer league, man. I knew he had the big summer league, but yeah. still, like, I mean, whatever. He's you know, what he's 24, he hasn't really done much. I just I didn't see this though. You know, I mean, I I get it. There was some buzz, but man, I be I, I was slow. But but as of now, I was I, I I'm more of a buyer for sure. I mean, hasn't he looked great? Yeah, uh, he's looked absolutely tremendous. Not overmatched at all. I'm I'm looking at some of the other names that we're adding at point guard. If Dennis Schroeder's available, obviously he's a he's a viable add. He's six or seven assists a game lately. I think he scored 22 in back to back games. Beyond yeah, that, I want to talk about Schroeder. At- I want to talk about Schroeder actually. I just yeah. recorded a video yeah. and I, and I included him as an as an ad because you know maybe it's a little bit over his head so far what he's doing but Chris Paul looks almost done I mean he's just he's 15th season I mean obviously maybe I'm totally writing his obituary a little bit but is it clearly in his decline phase man everyone wants to talk about you know Shea Gilgis Alexander he's getting the deserved hype but but Schroeder OKC uses a lot of three guard lineups they have a, a fast pace and, and he's balling so far career high in his true shooting percentage and all the all those those stats rebound rate too I think so with the way Chris Paul's looking I think Schroeder is actually an interesting fantasy because uh, his game's never really translated for fantasy right no that's that's very true but he's also a guy who can who can shift pretty seamlessly between point and uh and like a supporting wing player right chases shots when he's out there occasionally too not not much of a range shooter but a guy who can you know you don't have to run it like you don't have to run a lot of stuff for him and he can still end up with like 16, 18 points if he gets minutes. But beyond him, it's it's not great. Then you really start looking at guys who are like one category fills. And it's, you know, you mentioned Isaiah Thomas. He's probably going to be stuck around 20 minutes a game. So it's hard to get hard to get terribly excited about him. Landry Shamit's out there. He'll be good for threes. He'll have the occasional outburst, but certainly not going to be a consistent option. So I, like, it seems like your best hope just pine away for Trey Young to return in a week instead of a month. Yeah, one thing I will say about Isaiah Thomas, just a one-game sample, but his usage rate was like out of control in those 20 minutes off the bench. It was top 15. I think right there was Stephen Curry and LeBron James. So, And he looked really good. So if he is healthy... You know, whatever, a few years ago, he was like a number 11th fantasy player. He was like MVP conversation. So I'm not saying he's going to do that well, but the Wizards are so depleted. I mean, Bradley Bill was a first rounder, no John Wall this season. So I don't know. Isaiah Thomas could be interesting, especially if you need threes. But the innings, I mean, sorry, the the minutes cap obviously limits his upside. No, you're totally right, though. If we can get something like 70% of what Isaiah Thomas was in the year that he challenged for the MVP, that's that's a pretty good fantasy asset. That's a pretty solid player. And there's unlimited shot opportunities available, obviously, to him right now, given the state of that roster. Issue number two on our starting five that I want to get at, a player that I just could not have been more wrong about through four games, could not have been more wrong about, and that's Brandon Ingram. I ran away from him in drafts. This is this is just not my guy. He is right now the number six overall player in uh, in, in fantasy leagues year to date. Like, how did we get here? What what the hell is going on? And to what extent is any of this sustainable? Man, he's just 22 years old. He's not going to shoot 50 percent threes the rest of the season, I, I don't believe. But you know, no Zion, Drew banged up. The fast pace that Derek Favors has been a bust. I expected far more out of him so Ingram's the guy it seems like this rotation is just going to be unsettled every night except for maybe Drew and, and Ingram yeah obviously he's playing over his head but to me I don't I don't say sell high I think he's going to be a monster I mean at this age and this setup yes Zion will come back and hurt the usage but I'm, I'm a believer man 
Yeah, he's also a guy who just chases shots too. So that, like, fantasy wise, especially you're in a points league, you love that. I mean, the shot attempts so far are 19, 20, 22, and 23. Point production has been 22, 25, 35, 27. You're you're right about his his three point percentage. It's a little bit unreasonably high right now. It's like 50. percent But shooting free throws, a little bit better percentage than ever before. It's a, I mean, it's a it's a losing environment right now without Zion, and obviously Zion comes back and he's going to take. 15 to 20 shots uh, like he's going to siphon all that usage away from various players some of that obviously from Ingram but this has been a really impressive stretch and he's obviously a guy who does not lack motivation playing for his next contract which has a like huge range of possibilities right like I I don't know I entered the season not terribly excited about Brandon Ingram but he could easily play his way into something close to a max I, I had someone tell me some off record some some he has poor practice habits or something and to shy away from him and I'm never going with these 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 off the record stuff because it's funny he's going to be he's going to have a career year and just go absolutely crazy and someone tried to tell me now you want to stay away from him but he looks like a monster do you have obviously you say you have no shares of ingram i take it no i i like i wish i did but i mean he's just never been my guy i just i just considered him part of this collection of scraps that had i been the lakers i would have been pretty anxious to get rid of him too because you don't i didn't think coming into the season that you actually wanted to be the team that paid brandon ingram that would have been my worry because i don't and even now when he's putting up all these numbers i don't like brandon ingram at 25 points a game clearly does not make you, you know, an upper echelon NBA team. This is not the guy that you want to be like your number one, your number two, something like that. But these are really impressive stats. And, you know, it's not it's not like it's easy scoring 24, 25 points <laughs> in the NBA night in, night out. No, that's totally fair. Real life, a different thing maybe with him. But for fantasy owners, man, he's just been a monster so far. Yeah, super impressive. So when Zion comes back from that moment on, whenever that is, where do, where do you expect Brandon Ingram to fall in terms of rest of season ranks? Is he still top 50? Is he top 35? Is he top 60? Yeah, when he comes back, I was going to say in the 40 to 50 range-ish is what I, before he even threw out the numbers is what, I, what popped in my head. Yeah, so that's not really a, that's not really a must-sell, right? Like that's still somebody that you're profiting on wherever you drafted him. That's my thought. Number three, and this one to me is fun. And I, I think we've only seen three games of these guys, but... I am, it's going to be a running story all year. I'm super interested in the Russell Westbrook, James Harden collaboration. They seem really happy together so far. They dance together. They are, they're like a load of fun on the bench and it's kind of sort of working. They're both still high usage players and they are both putting up numbers. Westbrook averaging something close to a triple double. I think he's, is it 9.7 assists or rebounds or something like that? And he's, he's uh, double doubling every night. Like Westbrook's been good. 24 points per game. Yeah. 9.7 assists, almost 13 rebounds a game. He's still swiping rebounds from bigs and James Harden, who's not even shooting well is averaging 29 points per game and living at the free throw line. So what have you seen so far? What is sustainable about this and what is not? First of all, if you haven't seen the video of Harden slamming the ball in a, in his face, check seek that one out and check it out. But yeah, this six seconds or less offense is easily the number one pace so far. It looks like they're just going all in on that type of offense. Harden's usage rate's like similar to last year. Westbrook's has dropped, but it's gone from like second to whatever, still top 20. And he's, just, I think, the number six yeah. player in eight category leagues or something so far. So, yeah, it's it's worked. It's totally worked so far for both of them. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to see how this plays out. Uh, especially, I want them healthy and, and to see where this goes in the postseason, too. But, yeah, fantasy-wise, 
seems like it was, uh, you know, much concerned about nothing. The stretch of their schedule that I find interesting kicks in about mid-November. They have they have a run of games. Obviously, they're going to stop. They, actually, they have the Warriors and the Bulls, our teams, back-to-back. Clearly, they stomp both of those teams. And then, man, they, they play the Clippers, Pacers, T-Wolves, Blazers, Nuggets, and Clippers again, and then the Mavs. Like that is a challenging little stretch of games. Obviously, the the West doesn't offer a lot of off nights. Um, that is a super fun stretch of games. Some pretty good defenses in there. I'm anxious to see what this looks like, in particular, when they see a perimeter defense like the Clippers. It's not always the prettiest offense, but man, if you're a fantasy owner of those guys, you just just love the offense. Just every single every single trip down the court runs through them. Westbrook, in particular, I don't know how much of him you've seen so far. The the Free throw percentage, which was such a disaster last year, a little bit better so far this year. Should we be? Should we just be cautiously optimistic that that rounds into form? Yeah, that sounds sounds right to me. Cautiously optimistic. He certainly looks as motivated as ever. He looks to be in shape. He looks, yeah, he looks great. And that's such a weird thing to you know guards losing you know free throw percentage. I mean, it's it's actually very frustrating. Like why a guard would would be so poor at that. So yes, very nice to see, and, and definitely worth pointing out because that was secretly a disaster for his fantasy value. Or maybe not so secretly. Oh, no. Yeah, not so secretly. Crushed him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely crushed him last year, especially if you're like if you're getting to the line nine, ten times a game and you're and you're missing four. <laughs> like that's just that's just such a killer. All right. Topic number four in our starting five, since this is pretty much a dedicated Tyler Hero pod, I'm going to have to come back to him because he did another thing. He scored 29 points in that game against Atlanta. He had 19 in the second quarter. His shot is just a thing of beauty. He's a kid. He's 19. He's he's like a he's a baby child. What have you seen so far? What is this guy's value going forward? And is he is he, he's basically the runaway rookie of the year, right? <laughs> For sure. Yeah, that that was funny. You know, he moved to the bench with Jimmy Butler's return. Everyone thought that would hurt his value, but instead, you're left with uh, this eruption. 16 free throws is what jumped out to me. Had what totaled two before that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. So yeah, the outside shot was there. Everyone's favorite preseason uh, hero. Uh, yeah, that was that was awesome. So it's nice to see him uh, living up to the hype for a six five player. Like the rebounding has been there all year. Eight rebounds, five rebounds, five rebounds, seven in his last game. Like that seems pretty consistent. Again, not somebody that you would expect rebounding stats from, but but they've been there and double digit points in in three or four games seems pretty legit to me. Yeah, no, Miami, they're an interesting team. Zach Lowe actually talked me into uh, putting a little on there over this season. So uh, I'm, I'm rooting for Miami. And so far, so good. Yeah, so far, we also have happy Jimmy Butler, too. Yeah, I is, know. Right. Which is pretty Yeah, awesome. so what are your thoughts on that? He's convinced, yes, that would obviously take a motivated and like, you know, Jimmy Butler when he first arrived in Minnesota version. First two games, personal, but it was, it was, it was, it was uh, he had a kid, right? So that was just, that was nothing. And then, uh, right. so, you know, the crazy guy shows up 3 a.m. practice. Uh, so I actually invested in him in a fantasy league, too. So I'm definitely curious your thoughts, because it'll definitely take him to go, go crazy for Miami to make the, the playoffs like I predicted. Yeah, I will. I will never not be a Jimmy Butler guy because I like I, I know I know he's pretty public about his work ethic and his expectations for everyone. But it's also legit like it's fully backed up. He really does work that hard and he's made himself into a player that he wasn't necessarily, you know, like this. This is a guy who went like the junior college route, which just doesn't happen in the NBA. <laughs> like he's he's taken himself from a place where he just he just should not have been forget NBA all star maybe should not have been an NBA player, right? Like he's, he's about as self-made as it gets. Like I love Jimmy Butler. I absolutely adore him. And when he, like, he seems to, 
I don't know, he, like the way he talks about Tyler Hero, it's like yeah. it, it's like the way you talk about like your pet, you know, like <laughs> like the like the dog that you've had for 13 years or stuff. Like he loves him some Tyler Hero. I just think he likes this team as it's currently constituted. So there's no like I don't expect him to snap at some point. It's not like Jimmy is, you know, Jimmy's not like DeMarcus Cousins, something like that. He's not he's not somebody who's going to blow up as long as everybody is is sort of pulling the same direction on the same road. Yeah, with none looking like a thing and Justice Winslow improving and Bam looking like really a thing. This is a, a fun a yeah. fun team for sure. Poor Dion Waiters yeah, Bam Spanish. Was... Poor Dion Waiters Island is is really he's he's gone. <laughs> Uh, teams don't have an easy time finding a home for Deion Waiters either. So I'm, I'm just, I, I hope the Bulls dodge that bullet. They, <laughs> they don't perfect. seem like the sort of team that's going to take on Dion, but I can't I can't rule it out either. Um, but yeah, it, like everybody who had Bam as a fourth or fifth rounder is, I assume, doing victory laps right now as well. For sure. What a monster. Yeah, he looks great. All right. The last thing I want to I want to hit in the starting five here is I, I just want to get your quick thoughts. These don't have to be, you know, I don't, I don't need uh I don't, I don't need a long monologue on any of these guys, but quick thoughts on some of the names from the most added list in the transaction trends in Yahoo. I always find this particularly useful, particularly interesting. Very often, we're just adding guys who happen to have had a one-off 20-point game, something like that, and they crash back to earth. I just want your thoughts on, I, I don't know, I plucked out four or five names from the most added list. I, I want to hear uh, your level of interest in all of them. We already talked about one, Kendrick Nunn, so we don't even have to hit him. Talk to me about, as we speak right now, the most added player in Yahoo Leagues is Rashawn Holmes. He's coming off a really nice game. I actually added him in uh, the Friends and Family League. It was super fun. Last night, he uh, he actually drew some uh, MVP chants, kind of, sort of, not mockingly, in Sacramento. That was good to hear. Give me your thoughts on Rashawn Holmes. Well, Sacramento is so bad. They're dead last in offensive efficiency and point differential. They're winless. And yeah, with Marvin, Marvin Bagley out four to six weeks, you realize that they took Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic, right? Uh, are you aware of this uh, situation that the Kings uh, decided to actively do that on purpose? This is like this is like Trubisky over Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. The jury's still out. Jury's still out. We we got to give this a good ten years, and and then we can make our judgment. Yeah. It's also similar in the sense that yeah, it's no, not a just a hindsight thing. thing either. You know, I mean, it's not just a hind- yeah. benefit of hindsight. I mean, you were saying it at the time your Bears did it, and this at the time was so obvious to every single. It was a two person draft, and they and they had the second pick <laughs> and came away with not one of the two players. I mean, <laughs> since St. Doncic, by the way, I think he lead, he leads the NBA in touches. By the way, and just looks like a fantasy. First yeah. rounder said uh, immediately. So with Bagley out four to six weeks and Deadman, a lot of people liked him in fantasy deeper leagues this year. He just not looks like the answer in the middle. So yeah, Holmes, that guy was a top 50 fantasy player, like on a per 36 minute basis each of the last three years, I think. So yeah, if he gets more run now and why not in that Sacramento front court? So he's he's definitely worth an ad. Yeah, he had been solidly 15 minutes a game to start the season. It was 30 last night, uh, almost flipped roles with, with Deadman. 24 points, 13 boards. I mean, he's like, he's a little bit limited, but really fun as a as a role man, basically. A bunch of highlight dunks in that one. Super energetic player. And and they sound, the Kings sound like you just listen to coaches. They sound like anybody who's bringing energy at all, even a scrap of energy in any given night is going to play. Yeah, I know it's frustrating, uh, that whole situation there. Yeah, I know it's, it's dire. As soon as they're like, you know, it seems like they're going in the right direction. And then and then now it's just already this, the bottom again. So, yeah, it's tough. But Holmes might be the bright spot. And fantasy owners should absolutely add him because he right now, yeah, you're right. He's giving them energy and a, a spark that's badly needed there in Sacramento. 
So in a nutshell, Rashawn Holmes is the pick that is going to win me the Friends and Family League. That's what you're saying, right? Well, I mean, the fact that you let me add Kobe White is just such a travesty. I was waiting to hold till later. But I mean, that's I, I don't really understand how you allowed that. He was just sitting out there for days. And I just like, all right, if Andy's just going to force me to, I'll do it. So. I, this this feels like such a fragile thing with Kobe White. We can get into that in a in a minute. I like I want it. To, I want him to work out so badly. I was not impressed by summer league, but man, the the start to his regular season has been really really good. But I want to hit an X bowl first. A guy who just blew up in a in a victory that was all but secured for the Bulls, and then Bobby Portis ripped it away. Thoughts on Bobby Portis, who is also one of the most added players in Yahoo Leagues today? Uh, very frustrating because I owned him in er- everywhere. I grabbed him in the last few rounds, and I dropped him right after the first three games in a couple and had him go off right immediately after. Of course, revenge game against Chicago. I do have him still in a few others, uh, deeper leagues. I guess this is what you get with him, inconsistent player. But um, I don't know. I like Bobby Portis and I have a soft spot for him. So I, I would personally, I'm, I'm in the leagues in which I dropped him, I immediately went and rushed and saw made sure no one else grabbed him after the big game. But uh, I'm a sucker for him. I got to say, I felt like that was just a one-off. I'm sure um, it He was, was great at the end, like nailed a couple of huge threes that that completely turned the tide in a game that had been won by the Bulls. Super Again, super frustrating. That just felt like a total narrative streak game. Huge blow up against his former team. Obviously wanted it. They, they still have like 17 power forwards, though, and it's going to be hard for any of those guys to achieve numbers on a nightly basis, I would think. That's fair. No, it probably it probably is. Yeah, he's going to be tough, to, very tough to have consistent value for sure. Another name, another big. What are your thoughts on Frank the Tank, on Frank Kaminsky? He's up there. He's been, as we speak right now, he's been added in just over 2,000 Yahoo leagues. These are some pretty useful stat lines. Uh, 10 points, 8 boards the other night, 18 and 8 the night before. He can presumably sustain this for as long as DeAndre's out, right? Yeah, DeAndre Ayton suspended 25 games. What a bummer there for fantasy owners. Been a really pick on him. Uh, Dario Saric, I thought, was in a good situation there. He's been a total, total bust so far. So, um, so yeah, Kaminsky, uh, he fires away whenever he gets in there, let, lets him fly. So, uh, sure, he's been a top 100 fantasy player, I think, in eight cat leagues so far. And uh, as long as Aiton's out, he, he'll be well worth using and should be scooped up in all, all competitive leagues by now for sure. How about your thoughts on Luke Kennard? That's one additional name. I, I, we've talked plenty about Kendrick Nunn. I wanted to talk about him. What do you got on Luke Kennard? Yeah. Pianowski just picked him up in the Friends and Family. Yeah, another league I have, Blake Griffin. I definitely added Kennard. You need to. A real solid player. I mean, nothing flashy. But Christian Wood is the exciting guy in Detroit if he actually did get the minutes and he has some upside. But Kennard, yes, absolutely worth adding, Was especially with Griffin out. is a real real solid player. Yeah, Kennard also a guy who's been playing over 30 minutes a game. And yeah, like almost anybody who gets shots and 30 minutes a game is a fantasy ad in the right format. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. All right. I'm through our starting five. And I I didn't even schedule an interview with anybody this week because I want you and I to be able to talk out the frustration associated with our teams. The Warriors, Dalton, they're they're one and two. Those first two, really not pretty, really not pretty at all. Couldn't couldn't have a I don't think they had a lead in any of their first two games. Is that right? They're they're scoring differential so far on the season. They're like a negative 12 maybe per game. Hasn't been pretty. Uh, what's what's like give me the temperature of the room right now how you yeah i won't make this too long but it is funny how the world works you know the warriors go to the five straight finals while i'm not co-hosting an nba podcast but as soon as i'm handed (laughs) i'm handed one they become the laughing stock of the nba so it's just uh it's it's just perfect it's of course the way it is so during this first game 
I was running up uh, to go to the bathroom before the game, and I ran into Tim Kawakami, uh, NBA writer, Warriors guy. I think he's at, at the Athletic right now. And um, I asked him, I'm probably the probably the single most engaged person on Twitter. Like, we'll give everybody a response at least once before he blocks. Loves it. the trolls, so I felt because of that, I felt comfortable. Yeah, I just walked right up to him and said, "What's up? So what? What do you think? You know, what? What do you think? Because the Warriors coaching staff has been really throwing shade. You know, being like, "Hey, man, you really keeping the expectations in check to say the least leading up to the season." Had me a little bit concerned, and he's like. I'm picking them to make the playoffs, the coaching staff sandbagging. And he's like, there's some concern, don't get me wrong, but I think they're really, you know, trying to lower the expectations. So that made me feel better. I sat in my seat and proceeded to watch the Clippers go up. I think it was 28 to nothing before the Warriors uh, scored again. And then, and it was just a disaster. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, you, you think about it, really, the five deep uh, the postseason runs, there's no depth on this team. So the stars that they're relying on are super tired, and that hard cap is going to be – it's a tough season, man, with Looney going down right away, too. Uh, I think that the first two games, their defensive rating was like 150 with, with, with D'Lo and Curry on the court. It's It's been nothing short of a disaster. We'll see where it goes from here, but a couple injuries here and there, and, and there'd be no need to bring Clay back. This really could be. I mean, I already do have a fan saying, uh, a friend thinking, you know, do we go for the lottery? I mean, was it tanking already? So it's crazy. Life comes at you fast, Andy. So I've dropped Looney. I assume you would agree that he has a safe drop. Like they're they're looking into potential <laughs> neuropathic yes, conditions, a, right? A, like it's not just a sprained ankle. Exactly. I didn't elaborate more on that. That's a pro- problem with Looney. That's not going to go away anytime soon. It looks like. So yeah, I, I've dropped him in the leagues. I had him. Uh, not that Collie Stein makes everything better, but what's the timeline on Collie Stein? Last I heard, actually, it, it seemed like it was coming sooner. Uh, I think even re- he's actually it looks late. Latest report is going to return Wednesday night. So uh, there we go. Looks like he's returning. So uh, he could he could be worth an ad, but I wouldn't expect a ton. Yeah, the D'Angelo the Russell experience so far. How's that? Tra- <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's that? Yeah. How's that treating? Yeah, exactly? so I guess Draymond witnessed him play defense in practice before the season. He's like, uh oh, now that I know you can do it, that's your expectation level. But uh, that has not exactly translated into the games. It's been an ugly sight watching them on uh, the pick and roll. And uh, yeah, the guy can shoot. He went on a 10-0 run real quick in that Clipper game. And it's early, man. He's young and it's really, it's, it's what to be expected. I mean, there's not a bunch of new parts that, man, in the first quarter, it, when I looked up there and you looked at the the guys that they had playing in that in that game, you know, Eric Pascal saw a lot of minutes. Glenn Robinson starting because Draymond Green left hurt right away too. A lot of Jordan Poole, Jacob Evans. I mean, it's 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 kind of crazy for a team that's made five straight trips to the finals. But hey, KD, have fun with Kyrie Irving over there, man. Yeah, that that's gonna be great. It lasted what one week before he started having some crazy problems. So have fun over there, Durant. Not bitter at all. <laughs> Did you, I, I was going to save this for in case you missed it, but did, like, did you see Kevin Durant's tweet last night to Donovan McNabb, who basically, basically Donovan McNabb of all people went on uh, Twitter to express basically the same sentiment that you just did. And my God, like this whole season of Kevin Durant just being on Twitter all the time oh, and not playing yeah. is, is going to be magical. He, no, I he tweeted back say. at him. What'd he say? Yeah, I tweeted back, relax McNabb. And like, I like I want that tattooed. I want that on a shirt. I want that like, oh, my God, Kevin, like Kevin Durant is we should just that should just be a segment. We're going to we're going to have a weekly segment on the Kevin Durant tweeted. Can't get enough of it. He is he is by far my favorite Twitter follow. Yeah, no comment. But he's uh, yeah, he's uh, he, he did. He even <laughs> just openly admitted that it's not going to be as good. He had it in Golden State. It's like, OK, then why did you choose it? Anyway, actually, the Nets are an interesting, fun team with Levert and Torreon Prince, Steele and that uh, there. But uh, whatever. Frustrated in Golden State. And yeah, follow Kevin Durant on Twitter. You're probably more entertained than watching Warriors games at this point. 
<laughs> have you so have you listened to the uh uh Woj did a pod with uh with Draymond and Bob Myers? No, have you listened no, to that? I've not. Number one, it it is it is a like just a master class in interviewing because Woj gets them to talk about some things that you know, like I, I downloaded it. I'm like, whatever, I'll listen to this on my run. There's, there's no way they're going to get into Draymond getting himself suspended in the finals. And there's no way they're going to get deep into the Kevin Durant situation. Wow. Like Woj gets them on everything. And, and Myers is great. Myers is willing to talk about anything. Obviously Draymond is basically willing to talk about anything. It was so good. So highly recommended. I mean, I, I don't like if you've listened to if you're 20 minutes into a fantasy hoops pod, I don't need to tell you that Woj also has a pod. But anyway, so really good listen, really good sort of recent Warriors. No, history. good. Thanks for pointing it out. I'll check it out. They're they're supposedly super close, Myers and Green, like phone call, like very life decisions, like above basketball stuff. So I could believe it. So interesting. I'd love to hear them. That, that would be interesting. Thanks. It it actually it to, it totally comes across from both guys. It's pre, it's pretty clear that they intend to have like you know a longtime friendship beyond however long Draymond is with the is with the Warriors it was really nice like those two guys are really close and they talk about the difficulty in actually handing down any discipline to Draymond and how uncomfortable it is for Myers because they are clearly very close Myers is maybe arguably a little too close to many of his yeah. players right <laughs> like like at some level uh I, I mean I don't know we should we should no, that is a fair. We should. We should. That, that's a fair. We should live our lives forging friendships and all that. But man, like you, you probably want a little bit of separation between the people who are uh, deciding, you know, uh, a player's future employment and uh, the players themselves. Yeah, no. When I said phone calls, I meant daily phone calls. But you're right. That is part of his criticism. Is he is super close. But I, it, obviously, there's some positives that have come with that. But uh, man, and the more I read about Draymond too, in, in the the fight, you know, last year, the public one with with KD, I'm even more surprised that he left because. You know, Draymond really went to him and said, this bothers me more uh, as our friendship than if you wherever you play next year. And uh, I don't know, man, Dran Drant's weird. Drant Drant Drant's definitely a different guy, but I'm happy for him and, and, and wish him luck. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll check yeah, out. Yeah, no, part. they got... They got into it. It was it was really cool. It was very well done. And Myers is super thoughtful. Like he was I walked away super impressed by him. So anyway, it's a good thing. Check it out. Again, I shouldn't need to tell you if you're an NBA fan that uh, Woj has a pretty decent pod. I was just I was dazzled at the topics that he got them to go in on. It was really it was really impressive. Just like and they were mostly softball questions too. just steers them toward the right subjects in a way that they felt obviously pretty, pretty open talking about it. It was, it was very, well, let me time. steer you to a uh, subject, uh, the bulls. How, what are your thoughts with their start as you're, as you're obviously trying Dude. to shift the attention away from, uh, from, from your, your team. Oh, hell no. This is the absolute worst. Like this is, and, and listen, I, like I bought back into the bulls and I'm still relatively enthusiastic about them. They're, they're a fun team to watch. They have some fun pieces and this is a huge transitional year for them because they have to figure out exactly what Laurie is exactly what Carter can be. They, they got to figure out whether Zach Levine is, you know, whether there's another level that he can reach or if he just is what he is. So far, I, I would say the early returns on Zach Levine are, he is exactly the guy that he was last year. They have lost two games in just absolutely agonizing fashion. And as the season drags out and as I get, you know, more detached from the idea that they can be a playoff team, <laughs> I probably won't be so hurt by these losses. But my God, the Knicks game was in hand. That thing was won. The thing was absolutely won. If you have any experience winning games, that thing is in the books. The Hornets game, which was a one point loss to open their season, what like they've just been so terrible. 
in the closing minutes of each game. And Levine himself is is just taking insane shots. And not even just hero shots, but hero shots that have, have no relationship to how much time is on the clock and what is going on in the possession. Like critical late game possession against the Knicks. And he he gets an inbounds pass. There's time on the clock and he and he puts up like a 28, 29 footer, which is just like that's not anybody's game. It's a bad shot for Steph who can hit them. It's a it's a particularly terrible shot for Zach Levine in the closing minutes of a of a tight game. They have had some positives like Carter. Wendell Carter was just a thorough total star against uh, against the Knicks. There was a moment in that game again late where he just, uh, like Julius Randle had fully secured a rebound and Wendell Carter was like, no, that's mine. Just ripped it out of his hands, tossed Julius Randle to the ground. Like, Carter is yeah. strong. Carter has, Carter's a player with really good instincts, really smart defensive player, an energy guy, and just like relentlessly strong. Super impressive against the Knicks in an otherwise disastrous game. It's just, it's just been really painful. Like, not enough is better. Sadoransky hasn't been good, isn't hitting shots. Like, like you can tell that that's a really smart guy and then you look at the box score and it it's like he was barely there like his his actual impact statistically has not been particularly significant and he uh you know he's he's not hitting shots right now and then Levine just making bad choice after bad choice in the final 4 minutes of a game that is going to that is going to wear really thin so maybe I'll be feeling better about the bulls but my god if they if they fall to 1 and 4 with a with a loss to the Cavs this Cavs team it's it's not going to be good. <laughs> so what's up with Otto Porter? I did not target him, but I ended up with him in a couple of a couple of my bigger money leagues, and he just looks like a disaster that might just be a problem all year. Like, what's wrong with him? That has been a much discussed topic because it's you know it, it feels like a cop out to say that he doesn't look right, but he doesn't look right. He looks like a half step slow is the problem, and that's obviously a big problem. And not that he's a guy that made his living off of pure athleticism or anything like that, but like you can only get so slow in the NBA and he looks a little creaky. Like he's, he's like late career Paul Pierce right now. I assume that there is a health concern that they are diminishing or they're hiding. He's playing like he's playing, he's out there on the court, but he, I mean, he looks slow. He looks like a different guy. He does not look like the player who came over last year and was super frisky and, you know, draining shot after shot. Like he's been a major disappointment again, like, Zach has been a bigger disappointment for me because he's obviously the thing that could, you know, there's a lot of different paths that the Bulls could have to become a winning franchise this year. Like Laurie could get better. Laurie could take a leap. The most reasonable one to me seemed like, and it's because he talks about it all the time, the most reasonable path to, to being a better team seemed like Zach making one more leap. I think he's 24 now, so it's not crazy to think that by like 26, he could be fringy all-star caliber player, but he's just been so bad in the closing minutes and not just not just the quality of the shots that he's taking but the but the passes he's not making are just are just nuts too so yeah but auto porter is a separate subject obviously dealing with something i don't know what that something is but he's a half step or a full step slow and then kobe white other than me swooping in and stealing him from you and friends and family <laughs> Uh, what, I mean, what do you think? Came into the season thinking there's no way they're going to give this guy minutes. He, he didn't seem particularly, you know, it's one of, sometimes guys just go through summer league trying to get other players shots and they, they know what their role is going to be. And maybe that's where we were with Kobe white, but he, his, even his best moments in summer league, I felt were like, 
you know, it was like a thousand dollar move. And then it was like a, it was, it was just a broke shot, right? Like he wasn't hitting shots. You could tell that everything before the shot was right. You could tell that he had the right instincts, but shots weren't going down. And like, if you don't look particularly athletic in summer league, how's that going to translate into the regular season? But he's a smart player. Like he makes a bunch of good decisions on every possession. I've been really impressed with that. He was very good against Morant. He's not going to be like an every night guy for them, but he's also more of a, I don't know. I had it in my head that he was going to be, he was going to be like the pure point guard, direct, direct replacement for like, for like done for those guys. He's a bit of a scorer. And I don't think I appreciated how much his, uh, his prep scoring and his collegiate scoring was going to translate almost right away. Like he can get points in a hurry. Yeah. It hasn't resulted in a ton of eight cat value so far, but he's an exciting guy. And I think the minutes will be more and more, but he's so Sadaransky. What, what is his contract there? Where, where do they sit with their, their point guard situation for the whole future? Pretty good money. And obviously he was a really good player in Washington last year. So it like, I mean, we're talking about a four game sample, so it's fine. If shots aren't going down yet, he's going to have his days. He's still like, he's still relatively cheap, totally serviceable player. Obviously the problem with Chris Dunn is he, he's, you know, I was going to say, I'm just lashing out at the Bulls. I was going to say inept. He's not an inept offensive player, but he's not, you know, he's not a guy with, with particularly great range. He can get in the lane and hit some floaters. He can take a lot of shots that you probably don't want a modern NBA team <laughs> taking and hitting. But like, he's also, he's one of those four-year college guys who came into the league as kind of a finished product. And it hasn't gotten a lot better really since his Minnesota days. So like, like I don't know, White and Sadoransky are kind of the future of the, of the uh, offensive initiator sort of role in Chicago. And it's not like, it's not bad. I'm, I expect Sadoransky to have better days. There's a, there's a small contingent of fans in Chicago that really love him too. So that that's going to be fun throughout the season. Still good home crowds and all that. So I'm not, I'm not totally discouraged, but man, I just gave away two games to bad teams. And that is super frustrating. Like, they've been we talked about it with Trey Kirby last week they're they're kind of a fringy playoff contender at least they entered the season as a as a possible playoff surprise for a lot of people you just can't give away games to bad teams you know they've got to find a way somehow to get to like 40 or 41 wins and again you give one away to the Hornets and then you give one away to the Knicks and you make RJ Barrett look as good as they made him look like it was it was it's just bad it's this has not started well yeah my warriors the worst defensive efficiency in the nba by a mile it's going to be a long could be a long season for both our favorite teams this year andy it's enough bulls talk it's enough bulls talk it is it is quite enough bulls talk it was probably like 10 minutes too much bulls talk um i want to get to i want to get to our in case you missed it i got multiple things that i that i kind of want to bring up here the first of which i had not even seen until our producer sully sent it to me. How about Robin Lopez finding himself uh, in in a legal entanglement? I don't know if you were aware of this. Robin Lopez is like a Disney freak. He's like a Disney collector. Um, I believe that he and his brother are like, they'll go like there will be sightings in the offseason of the Lopez brothers together at Disney parks. He's like a big Disney guy. I am reading this article from the Orlando Sentinel right now. NBA player Robin Lopez, a longtime Disney fan, unwittingly bought rare items stolen from Disney World in a high-profile criminal case, newly released records reveal. Pretty amazing. I'm planning a first Disneyland trip with the family right now, taking the six-and-a-half-year-old daughter and the two-and-a-half-year-old son, and uh, so that should be uh, quite uh, – we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty pretty, pretty funny stuff. I don't, Robin Lopez, you can't, you can't avoid this, this segment here, man. You just, all you want to talk about <laughs> is, 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 is the Lopez twins. 
That should be another. We should have a recurring segment on things that Katie tweets, and we should have a recurring segment on just whatever's going on in Robin Lopez's life. And like, if he wants to call in, that would be really cool. I love Robin Lopez. I am sad to see Robin entangled in this. Yeah, Buzzy is his favorite guy, I guess, too. It says uh, some pretty funny quotes in this uh, in this story. But yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, this is a good find here. I did not see this myself. The other thing I gotta I gotta hit you with is have you, have you seen the Carl Anthony Towns video of him like in full Halloween makeup as Joker? Yes, I saw the pictures you guys sent. Yes, I saw. Yes, I have seen that. Yes. Where do we, where do we stand with Joker now? I was it was a lot of a lot of buzz coming out. I'm not you know a huge that type of genre movie, but there was some good buzz, and now Rotten Tomatoes has killed it. The critics have killed it, but I think the audience score is high. If you if you um. Or Sully producer, have you guys checked out Joker? I am. I, I'm a Marvel loyalist, so it feels it feels a little dirty to be going to a to a DC movie. I haven't seen it. it seems like exactly the sort of like character study film that I'm going to watch on a plane and that I don't necessarily need to see in a theater. So I just haven't. I just haven't caught it yet. It's not like I'm not anti Joker specifically. I, I I am anti Carl Anthony Towns <laughs> as Joker. I found that. Yeah. I found that pretty terrifying, but uh, but no, I am caught. Yeah, no, me, yeah, me neither. I'll probably I want to check out Phoenix's uh, performance, but yeah, what about Carl Anthony Towns' basketball player? He's got off to a decent start so far, huh? Yeah, this has been pretty good, right? <laughs> like, like Carl Anthony Towns. Did you have number one overall, or were you Anthony Davis? I forget. One? Honestly, I forget where I settled at the very, very end. I, sw- I no, I moved Anthony Davis just because I think the injuries. I think I I know you settled on Cat One, didn't you? I did. I I had that was mostly I didn't want to give myself full credit for that because that was mostly about the likelihood that he would play right, 82 games. Right. It's just it's just greater than anybody right. else. Like, you know, Harden doesn't sit out a lot of games, but you just start looking at it. That's why else I bumped him up at the you, end for the rankings, too. Yeah, exactly. But man, with the free throw, dude, what a monster. No, yeah, not only going to get the durability, but you might get the best player also. Right. And then, of course, like Anthony Davis would not have been a bad answer. He like I think I had him at, at maybe five coming into the season, but that was only because of the thumb injury. Right. Right. It was just the the idea that, OK, we've already had our first Anthony Davis scare. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I should take seriously the idea that he's gonna, only going to play like 55 games or something. And so I lowered him just a little bit. Yeah. And all he did is play yeah. through an injury and go for 40, 20 through, the other through night. three, right? Three quarters. 40 and 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three quarters. Didn't, didn't yeah. even play a full four. Crazy. Had to go, had to, go to the locker room at some point to did. get some attention to yeah. his shoulder. And just and just came back and I, I don't know how many free throws he ended up shooting, but he was at the line every every time I checked in, he was standing at the line. So super impressive game from him and and Cat obviously has been ridiculous so far, but we knew that was coming. Yeah, you're right. It's crazy the amount of free throws he scored. Yeah, he scored with that. But yeah, what a monster! But what a, what a game encapsulates him though. A trip to the locker room, and you're going to be worried about that, you know, constantly with him. So uh, I I do think Cat seems like a safer long term. But man, I hope I hope AD stays healthy and LeBron. I mean, that's going to be an interesting team if they get it together, which they certainly did last night. Man, they come to Chicago next Ooh. week and I'm pretty sure the Bulls are ready for them. For sure. Nice. Let's talk. Let's do it. Let's do it. Another <laughs> tight 25 minutes on the Bulls before we head out of here. Oh, hell no. Never again. That that will do it for your Bulls coverage for the first half of the NBA season. Maybe we can discuss them again. Uh, I don't know. January, February, no time soon. That ain't. Yeah, happening. and I'm sure I will not mention the Warriors again for another couple months either myself. Yeah, you've got a Disney trip to plan. That's fun. First Disney, yeah. first Disney trip with little yeah. kids is a blast. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. I'm sure it'll be cheap, and I'm sure it'll be no. Uh, my main, my main concern is no crowds. I just want to go during a time when there's no people, and that's what I number one concern is that because, I mean. Let's be honest. I'm going to be off doing the rides and have my wife, you know, and other people, you know, dealing with the kids as much as possible. <laughs> well done. Like that's that's the those are the planning essentials. I'm told right now's the time to go though because Star Wars, the whole Star Wars section just opened, so it's super busy. So you just go to the whole other sections of the park, and it's a lot. lot you go everywhere else, right. yeah. Yeah, my, my in-laws just did the same thing. That is exactly what you want to do. But people don't turn in for our vacation plans. So I'm not, 
I'm going to wrap the show with a little bit of vacation talk. That's it for us. We're going to be back next Thursday. Please, people, begging you, subscribe. Write us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a few friends about us. Follow us on Twitter, at Yahoo Fantasy, at Andy Barons, at Dalton Del Don. That is it, people. Thank you to our producer, Sully. We are out. <laughs>